Alright, welcome back to Talking Taker. This is episode 5 of our uh, journey, our exploration, digging up the dead man's career, going through his 27 year long career match by pay-per-view match, one by one exploring the evolution of the greatest WWE performer creation of all time. My name is Alex Dorio, and I'm joined alongside by my co-host and tag team partner, Travis White. How you doing, friend? I am doing excellent. How are you today? Dude, I'm, I'm feeling nice and comfortable in my 24-year-old uh, Jake the Snake Roberts t-shirt that I've got on right now. I'm feeling and good. those of you listening, you cannot see it. It is phenomenal. It is a 1993, what does it say, Cruel? Cruel but Fair Tour. Fair. 1993, oh. DDT. I'll post so a good. picture of it on the uh, Twitter page. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Have it's so good. 24-year-old uh, shirt. Fits like a glove. <laughs> well, i got to tell my Jake the Snake Roberts story as we get into that. We're covering WrestleMania 8 tonight. Uh, Jake the Snake Roberts against The Undertaker. And so i got to tell a story behind this t-shirt real quick. I was seven years old, I guess, and wrestling was my life. At that uh, that time, obsessed with everything, and uh, I was going. My mom was taking me to the dentist uh, in Augusta, Georgia. As we were driving to the dentist, we passed by Hooters, and on, on the billboard outside Hooters on Washington Road, uh, right down the street from the Augusta National, if you're familiar with Augusta at all, uh, it said Jake the Snake Roberts appearing this afternoon, four o'clock, something like that. And I could not believe my eyes. I could not believe Jake the Snake <laughs> Roberts was going to be uh, in Augusta. And so like, I told my mom, like I was in shock, and I was like, I think that thing said that, that Jake the Snake is going to be at, at Hooters this afternoon. And my mom, I'm sure, was rolling her eyes, just hated that. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh, you want to go to Hooters a little early. It's seven, like seven years old. Exactly. So she took me to the dentist, and... Uh, she's, I, I like kept bugging her about it. She said, okay, when we get done, we'll, we'll go over there and see what it is. So my mom took seven-year-old Alex to Hooters. And uh, they said, yeah, J- Jake the Snake is going to be signing autographs here. Uh, so we went and got a table and uh, ordered a Coca-Cola and waited for Jake the Snake to arrive. And he, he showed up. Uh, this was 1993, Jake, so... Who knows what he was on or what he was doing at this point in time. But I'm just awestruck uh, of this. He sets up his little gimmick table inside Hooters. He's selling these t-shirts and uh, selling Polaroids. So, uh, of course, uh, my mom, being awesome as she is, she buys me a t-shirt. Buys me a... a, uh, It lets me take a Polaroid with Jake the Snake. And... uh, gets an autograph on a cocktail napkin, uh, Jake the Snake, and, and he <laughs> took the picture with me and autographed the Polaroid. He was as nice as could be. You know, he talked to me. There wasn't, I, I guess I was the first person there to see him. Who knows what business was like for him that day, like a weekday <laughs> in Augusta, Georgia, selling gimmicks at Hooters. But he talked to me for like 10, 15 minutes. It was super nice. Uh, and you know, I still have the T-shirt to this day. And the memory, that's awesome. Oh, and the memory. actually got to meet Jake again two years ago during the uh, promo tour for the right. uh, Resurrection of Jake the Snake movie. They did a showing here in Atlanta, 
and Jake and DDP and Scott Hall were all there. So uh, me and a few other friends, we took a picture with all of them and just got to see Jake for you know 30 seconds. But I, I told him the Hooters story. I said, I met you 20 years ago at uh, you were signing autographs at a Hooters in Augusta, Georgia. And he said, yeah, that, that sounds about right. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> So, um, yeah, he probably didn't remember that day. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure not. <laughs> a lot of days uh, he doesn't remember. He, wondered, he was like, uh, man, this is a seven-year-old kid doing a Hooters. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably trying to hit on my mom. <laughs> that's probably, probably right. That sure he was. That's a, that's a cool story, man. That's a fantastic, yep. fantastic story. So. First I wrestler I ever met. Say so what? Sorry, I forgot that you about that story. I remember hearing that years ago, but. I don't have quite as cool a Jake Snake story, but I do remember, I failed to mention this in our original podcast, we were talking about, you know, how we fell in love with wrestling and yeah. where it came from, and yeah. and I remember um, having a Jake the Snake toy, it wasn't the LJN, it was the Hasbro ones, mm-hmm. where you pull his arm back, and his arm slingshot punches, or like springs out and punches you, and he had the I had the same one. Damien, and that was, that was why I wanted, I wanted Damien the Snake, it was rubber, and I used it with all my G.I. Joes, and Battle Beast and my Ninja Turtles and everything, and uh, still have that toy. It's in my brother's house, actually. So um, <laughs> hopefully his dog hasn't eaten it by now. You know, he ate all our other toys, but um, hopefully his dog has not eaten Damien. So, but that's that was one of my. He was one of my guys too. I love Jake uh, Snake Roberts. Even when I wasn't watching wrestling, I loved the toy. Um, he just enamored me. And so as we watch this match and we're going to talk about it, it's really cool to see these two guys, uh, you know, icons. And, oh uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, one's a Hall of Famer, one's a future Hall of Famer. You know, Undertaker's a, a, a for sure first ballot Hall of Famer. Whenever he feels like going in, I'm sure it's just, I'm sure he just gets to tell Vince, hey, it's my year. Right. So, um, you know, just to see these guys clash back in 1992 is pretty cool, as we'll get into here. So I, I had that same figure, and uh, when when he came out to the ring, you know, Jake always had the uh, the the sack with the snake that you right. carry on his shoulder. So I. I remember I took like a crumpled up just envelope, like just a white envelope, <laughs> and I would stuff the snake in there and I'd crumple it up. And that's that was my makeshift uh, Jake the Snake sack for uh, oh, carrying so that down to the ring. So good. But you're I mean, that uh, Jake the Snake is just one of those guys that just pops off the screen. Uh, obviously, he's got he's got a snake, and that's cool to kids. Yeah. Uh, but his personality. Not like me. I'm just a huge fan of reptiles. Anybody that knows me, those are my favorite things in the world. So. He just enamored me anyway. Mm-hmm. It's hard to cut you off, but yeah, I just had to say that. So no, yeah, yeah. yeah it, the the snake was a huge part of it, but his his personality as um, oh, he was a baby face for a long time. But here in this match, uh, it's the the end of his WWF run and and the end of his heel run, which I talked about on the last episode, was just epic. I mean, he was just on fire here, so slimy, so just. Oh, yes terrible and disgusting and he cuts a great promo here uh on the undertaker um I, I like i feel like you know people argue and say uh it rick flair should have faced hogan at this pay-per-view or all right but hogan ended up facing sid man i would have loved to see hogan against jake the snake like jake the snake I, get a main I, event yes. heel run he would have been killer in that role and it's a oh, shame yeah. that his demons just caught up with him at this time, yeah, I I agree. He would have been that that crowd would have been hot for him and and all over for Hogan. It has been so good. So yeah, because you're right. He was just a despicable piece of 
trash, you know, from all this story. And this is where, um, uh, you know, last time we talked about with this Tuesday in Texas, um, uh, Undertaker was still a, a heel at that point, yep. but at this point he turned face. He turns face, um, I guess officially. He's you know he's getting crowd pops and they're popping for his moves and stuff. But in February when he he stopped Jake uh, the Snake from hitting Miss Elizabeth with a chair. So as he's still feuding with uh, Savage, um, Undertaker and, and Jake the Snake were kind of loosely aligned, you know, if you right. will. And um, he stops Jake from hitting her with a chair. So. I guess the dead man has a heart. So, but um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, that, so this is in my. I guess this is the first his first WrestleMania match that has a, a story. You know? Right. Um, and he just kind of got shoehorned into the the title picture uh, with Hogan. His, his match, his other Survivor Series debut was just his debut, and his match with Snuka at last year's WrestleMania was um, just kind of there. So this was his first real program. Yeah. You know, yeah, it really is. Yeah. Yeah, first so, one of any substance, and yeah, like you who said, better to be with than Jake the Snake. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, and like you said, you know, he'd been getting cheers for a long time. You know, yeah. a, a lot of these, every match we've seen, really, he's, he's getting cheered for. So I mean, it really is kind of inevitable that uh, this that he would turn turn face and. Uh, and become a good guy and all that stuff. I don't know if they knew it would happen so soon, but right. uh, it definitely felt inevitable. And and uh, I think it it seems organic. Yeah, it, it, just from when he lost to um, Hogan, you know, at lost the title, it seems like you know it was just it was like Hogan hit him in the head with the belt. I mean, just being going super heel on him. So I mean, it just seems like the crowd was ready to cheer this guy, you know. So. Um, so yeah, here we go. We have it. It's WrestleMania eight. WrestleMania uh, eight, April fifth, ninety two, at the Hoosier Dome. Really yeah. cool look in there for the Hoosier Dome. It looks kind of like almost like a modern WrestleMania, a lot more than yeah, some of the other ones have. Uh, big crowd, big giant dome feeling in there. Uh, I like a lot it. of floor space. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but but yeah, it, it does. It looks really similar to one of the more recent. You know. WrestleMania, you're right. So, I thought it was outside when I was watching. I was like, "Who's your dome?" I think it's not outside, but there's so much sunlight in there. But I don't know if that Central Time Zone had something to do with it, or if they started early. I have no idea what time the pay per view started, but you almost thought it was outside. Yeah, you just looked at it. It's so bright in there. And he's so, the second match from the top too. So yeah, pretty weird for Undertaker be coming out that early. So I'm sure that had something to do with it. Yeah. Too. Um, a little nugget here I have is that um. This is the last WrestleMania commentated by Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan. So um, after that, I think Gorilla stepped away and you know didn't do that anymore. And I guess within the next year or two, Heenan goes to WCW. But um, yeah, but this is uh, this is the last one. So this is the, unfortunately for us, it's not the pay per view match is not going to be quite as entertaining. No, they won't now. be. They've been That's a great part of this run. Yeah, but uh, yeah, part of this this runs of pay per views. We're part of the fun of doing this podcast is, is listening to to uh, Bobby and, and Gorilla go back and forth and um, makes me sad to know that this is the last one we're going to hear mm-hmm. of WrestleMania at least. So. Yeah, um, but they're yeah, great this, as usual. Uh, great okay. tandem. Uh, before the match, we get uh, like I said, the Jake does a promo and we see uh, clips of Jake the Snake on the funeral parlor with the Undertaker. Yes. After Undertaker had uh, rescued Elizabeth, uh, Jake joined him. 
on the funeral parlor segment, and uh, he great set again. You know, has all kinds set. of stuff. I mean, candle candelabras and the coffin. They went all out. The ferns and I mean, it's it, again Vince McMahon's putting money into this gimmick. You know, it's, it's awesome. Jake slams the Undertaker's hand uh, in the Undertaker's own casket, and then uh, gives the DDT to uh, Paul Bearer. Also, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen Paul Bearer take a bump. Like, that's no. the first one he took. Took a yeah. DDT on the floor. Uh, it was pretty vicious, and as Jake puts it, short ride, bad landing. <laughs> then he, yes, uh, exactly. Kicks the urn away. Man, he's just—he's despicable. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. really is. He takes a chair to Undertaker, too, I believe. This, he hits him. I don't think Undertaker sells yeah. him, but he gives him a couple him chair it. shots. Oh. And really, that's the story. Like, uh, Jake the Snake has been just the worst person in the world, and the Undertaker is going to give him his comeuppance in this match yep. and, and send him away for good. Uh, huge pop when the when the gong hits as, oh, as Undertaker comes out. People, like you uh-huh. said, people were just ready for it. Yeah. It just it was natural, you know, and luckily, uh, you know, Vince McMahon listened to the crowd, I guess, and so he wasn't hesitant to turn him uh, like sometimes they mm. do nowadays. But um, yeah, I mean, that's a good point I right there. That immediately, the gong goes off and the crowd just lights up. I mean, yeah, it is so cool because Jake came out first and the I area mean, just booze everywhere, and he just you know, but this crowd just loves the Undertaker. It was so cool to see, um, you know how it's you know like I said, he been getting a few cheers, but. This place is a hundred percent. It's not, you know, sixty forty. It's a hundred percent Undertaker fans. It was really cool. Yeah. However, kids in the crowd still look a little scared, though. They do. Did you notice that? Yeah. Yeah. It showed close ups. Kids still look a little nervous. And some of the, there's this one woman they kind of zoom in on, and she has just these bug eyes, you know, about her, and she's kind of, you know, enthralled with him. But she's still, you know, she's a fan. So that was really cool to see. And I think, uh, I think I had in here. Uh, somewhere I think think that they already had uh, some merchandise out in the crowd. Somebody had like a foam urn or something oh, out nice. there, so they were they were already you know merchandising Undertaker. But yeah, uh, the 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 it's like a Pavlov's dog response with with the gong. Uh, yeah. it just it's just a great thing that as soon as it hits, man, people get excited for it. Uh, still no no lights down. No, so I don't have that part yet. There, so we still, you know, we keep beating that dead horse, but we're, I mean, we're just interested to see when that's going to start. So I know I just made a note of that again. It's not, it hasn't quite started yet. So not here. I like how Jake the Snake, like you could see as Undertaker was coming out, he's just got like a little, little whiff of, of fear in his face. Yeah. A little bit of concern. He's not like running scared like right. in the corner, which I think is great. Um, I think I saw Roddy Piper talk about it one time in, in some interview or documentary or something. He said as a heel, you don't want to just look totally scared of your right. opponent. You want to be re- – you, you got to be real subtle and, and show your – you, you want to show like a little flinch or something, but then go back to, to being tough. Like that's what the best heels do. Sorry, dog is chewing on squeaky toys. Oh, that's the, that's the other co-host. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, and Jake does a great job of just shows you just a little flinch, but then he goes yep. back to to trying to be a tough guy. That's funny. It. I wrote the same thing. I wrote Jake looks concerned. You know, he just he's not scared, like you said. He's just a little bit concerned about. Oh crap! I gotta go up against this guy. <laughs> yeah. You what know? have I done? Yeah. Exactly. 
When so as the match starts, he Jake lays his punches in and immediately knocks Taker over the top rope. Um, but then he turns around to like you know gloat, I guess, and Undertaker you know does the old classic leg trip and pulls him out, and yeah, the crowd pops huge. Oh, and they again, loved it. Undertaker hasn't even bumped yet, and he's not doing it. He just trips Jake the Snake. But it's just the way that the crowd loves his character, and they just they pop huge. And um, did you notice that he didn't call him Lurch? Yeah, he said that may be Lurch. He's like he takes his uh, vacations at whatever the monster's uh, address is, thirteen thirteen Mockingbird Lane or something. And he's like that may be Lurch. Like, oh, I'm gonna miss that. <laughs> oh yeah, that was classic. I, I wrote one, my favorite line. They said was seemingly a cold-blooded individual. Was your cologne? Wait, you stop. You buy that cheap stuff all the time so you get a free cold. I'll tell you, take it out of here in a minute. I'll ask you to leave. I'm Indiana's favorite Bobby. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. He's so fast. Oh, yeah. He's so quick with it. Oh, they're great. They're good. Uh, yeah. I love that part where Taker pulled Jake out of the ring. Like you just said, it felt. Felt like a horror movie, and that's what yeah. Undertaker feels like. Is just he's just stalking Jake the Snake, keeps coming after him, and like Jake, that that's a great spot where he clotheslines him, uh, clotheslines Undertaker over the ropes, and Undertaker lands on his feet. He, he's yep. done that in almost every match, but it, it, yeah, it's always cool. And it doesn't get old. No. no, and he just crowd loves it every time. Yeah, he yanks Jake's feet out from under him and yanks him out of the ring like like a horror villain, and um, that's what's really interesting and why Undertaker's so special is because he hasn't really changed anything that he's doing but it all works perfectly good as a as a uh, as a good guy too. yeah uh, and that's exactly my next point and I, and I wrote down too other than them discussing what's in the urn again we still don't quite know we know this ashes like you pointed out last time because under because Hulk Hogan throws him but right he, he does a blatant choke but to Jake to Jake Roberts um so he doesn't even change up his offense. He's not he's not abandoned all the stuff that made him a heel, you know, and the choking. He still does chokes to, to Jake, um, even though he's a face now. So I wrote that he doesn't change his offense up much, like you just mentioned. He's not he's still staying true to that character. There's just little nuances, you know, and depending on who he's in the ring with that mm-hmm. makes him a face. It's not really you know, he's not suddenly kissing babies, you know, and crying over the championship and stuff like baby faces do. He's just still sticking to the guns. You know, and that that's really cool that that we both noticed that. Yeah, it, it's it's like a like these horror movie series, like Friday the Thirteenth or Halloween or something, where the first one, you know, the uh, the bad guys, obviously the bad guy Jason or Freddy or Michael Myers, but when you get ten movies into the series, you end up just rooting for the bad guys yeah. to kill everybody. And it's yeah. kind of what the Undertaker's become here. Uh, start off yeah. as the bad guy, but you just want to see him just because he's the coolest character. You want to exactly. see him destroy everybody. Uh, yeah. Exactly. So I, I think I counted. I think there are three wrestling moves in this entire match. There are two DDTs from Jake the Snake and one Tombstone. And yep. Literally everything else is just a bunch of chokes and punches, clotheslines. Uh, Jake does a knee lift. I don't know if that counts mm-hmm. as a wrestling move. Just a strike, I think. But how how long is this? Eight minutes? Six, 636. 636. Six Undertaker does the diving lariat one. That's it. Okay. That's, yeah. 
So there's, yeah, two DDTs, a Diamond Lariat, a Knee Lift, and a Tombstone. That's five moves. So and that's all they needed to yeah. tell the story. That's, that's all it, they needed. Nothing. They're not breaking their backs. They're not doing flips and high dives, which are, which are great. You know, that's a different type of wrestling, and it's it's entertaining in its own way, and it has its own merits. And I'm not going to be like JR and, and, and bash on <laughs> <laughs> people oh, jumping off the top yeah. rope. Yeah, of course. But these guys tell a entertaining, uh, um, engaging story, and they don't throw anything in there that they don't need. No, everything was necessary. I mean, yeah, there's no wasted movement or motion. Like you said, there's a DDT, so Jake hits a DDT, which I don't know at this point if anyone's ever gotten up from. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, Heenan says that. Heenan, yeah. So it, Jake DDTs him, and uh, he doesn't really cover him immediately. He no. just kind of <laughs> take her sits up, and the crowd loses their mind. They just go absolutely, absolutely nuts. Because, again, I think that at this point, I don't know that anybody's ever kicked out of it or set up for it. You know, I think it's pretty much been a protected finisher, as all finishers were back then, except for the time Hogan popped up out of Tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> but that's Hogan, brother. Right. So uh, we, we love Hulk Hogan. We just like to give him crap, too. Of course. But, uh, but so then Jake hits another DDT. Um, not a transition move in there, in between there. Uh, Takers and Guinea offense. He's another one. And he says, no one's ever gotten up from two DDTs. <laughs> Gorilla says, I've never seen anyone get up from one. And he says, well, I rest my case. <laughs> so good. Uh, then he says, well, rest in peace after that. So yeah, It's amazing how great these announcers can be when they don't have to talk about Twitter or talk about Rocket League. Rocket League and all this other delicious fruity fruity skittles yeah 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 you're right they, they don't have someone producing them right yeah yeah it, even if vince was in their ear he probably didn't care <laughs> this is bobby Heenan. <laughs> um but i just wrote i mean that's great i've never seen anyone get up from one i've never seen anyone get up, get up from two i've never seen anyone get up from one i rest my case so that tells the story right there you know they're telling the story you know yeah no one's ever gotten up from that and then but for some reason this is the only part that makes sense instead of trying to pin him Jake goes out to take to tackle uh, Paul Bearer. Right, he uh, he definitely could have pinned him either time. <laughs> yeah, so <clears throat> he could have pinned him, but um, anyway, he didn't. I'm not gonna. It 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 may it led to the next section of the match, right. though, you know, and that's when uh, what happens? Uh, Taker. Oh yeah, he goes out and, and, and he tombstones him right on the outside. Tombstones him on the outside. Uh, Gorilla Monsoon says Tombstone City. Yes, he does. I wrote that down too. So Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman yep. can go back to WrestleMania eight and see that the Undertaker started that. Oh so, yeah. Uh well, Gorilla Suplex did. City. Yeah. Tombstone City. No, not the Tombstone. Oh, Tombstone City. Oh no. This place has gone bananas. I told you somebody was going to get hurt. And it's Jake the Snake Rose. He's going to, he broke his neck, Monsoon. I bet he broke his neck. And then, again, what a fun little nugget that that, you know, Suplex City is, you know, Brock Lesnar is the first guy they ever beat him. It's just cool how this stuff all, you know, ties together eventually. Yeah. So, But I wrote that that the uh, that Tombstone missed again by oh, quite, yeah. quite a bit. But it's only outside. to the outside. You know? yeah. yeah, you got to protect the guy, so. You don't want to sexy star him or anything. So, mm. uh, anyway, um, but Jake, I wrote Jake looks dead. I wrote that. Yeah, 
He looked dead. Yeah. He sold that move so well. So well. Put it over strong, and, and he was essentially dead and buried at that point. This was his last WF, WWF appearance uh, for... I mean, it was his last match ever in... Well, excuse me, I'm forgetting. Came back in 96, so uh, four years uh, until we would see him again. So this was him getting written out of the company and uh, go to WCW for a hot minute. and cup of coffee. Yeah, a cup of coffee. Cup of coffee. <laughs> Coal Miner's Glove match with Sting. Oh, Our favorite. Another classic. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, a uh, great way to... To get rid of him, to give him his comeuppance, and a great way to put over Undertaker strong to give him a, a yep. big signature victory again and continue the streak on strong. Obviously, yep, this is two and zero. Yeah, yeah, and again, they it wasn't a streak at that point. It just no. happened to to get a strong win, but uh, it was a big win, and and, and they. The, the Undertaker is a big deal. He is something, and, and they're protecting him and doing some something big with him. So it's cool to watch that. Yeah, and he does the classic Undertaker pose. I mean, uh, pin, pin at the end. He does the, the arms folded, uh, and the crowd loves it, man. They love that. They love counting to three. And um, I, I wrote another quote that he didn't say. He said, I never thought I'd hear people cheering for this man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as he's walking out of the ring, Gorilla says, how on earth are you going to stop this guy? Yeah. So, again, they're just putting him over huge, man. Because, yeah. like, WrestleMania, <clears throat> he's beaten, what, Jimmy Snuka? That's a legend. He's beaten you know, Jake Snake. That's a legend. You know, he's won the title and lost it already to Hulk Hogan. So, you know, he's doing great. You know, yeah. They're still putting him over huge. Sometimes, you know, they run, they let him run out of steam and, you know, forget what to do. But, hey, let it still, still going strong with him here. It's awesome. It's cool to see for sure, and um, you know, like I say, he dropped out of the the title picture for a little bit, but yeah, definitely hasn't lost any steam. And nope. I think turning babyface uh, was a big, um, big jump start to his career. It just it just feels right uh, to see him in that role yeah. at this time. You know, he would go on to have yeah. some other heel runs uh, later on, but it definitely felt right. Uh, it felt like the right time and. Uh, yeah. you, you mentioned earlier, you know, nowadays, uh, do you think they would, do you think they would have turned Undertaker nowadays if, if, if that's, if that was happening? No, I don't. I think they would have said, you know, forget it. We're going to stick with this and be hard headed about it. But I think he just had to back then. You know, I don't think they would have, like they do with John Cena or Roman Reigns, but, um, you know, I don't think they would have given up on it. Yeah. But they had to, it's just, it was organic. You know, I hate to use that word. Everybody uses that, but, um, it was organic, man. The crowd loved it. They loved him. And it's like, you know, he closed the first chapter of his of his story with his heel run, his first initial debut. I feel that's the first chapter up till, you know, right. this Tuesday in Texas. This is chapter two with his face turn on Jake. And it, this is it's beginning a new chapter in, his, in the Undertaker story because wrestling is basically a comic book. You know, it's all stories and these, these they never end and everything's intertwined. And this is, you know, the next volume, I guess you will. That was volume one. This is volume two, you know, and that's kind of why we're even doing this is to see where it all leads to, you know. And so, um, yeah, this is a great way for him to kickstart his face run and get a huge win. And like I said, Jake Jake put him over strong. He looked dead after that Tombstone City. So um, Jake's a big guy. I, I forgot how big Jake Snake is, man. Yeah. Watched him in the Iron Taker. Like, Jake's a huge guy, and but Jake Snake's big, too. Yeah. Also, he probably had, like, four-inch lifts in his boots or something, too. But he's <laughs> Snake skin big. boots. He's big. 
But, I mean, we put over Tombstone. The DDT is one of my favorite finishers of all time. Absolutely, yeah. Second to Jake the Snake, Raven, the, the even flow DDT, mm-hmm. and that was one of my favorites. Um, I loved it. It's a transitional move nowadays. It gets one count or two count, and everybody does it. Well, uh, Bobby Roode's bringing it back, though. Bobby Roode is bringing it back. Yeah. But even then, he, he just has to wind up hitting two in a match. But, uh, mm-hmm. But I think uh, some of the girls do one. I think Alexa Bliss does one, or Mickey James yeah. does one. And gets, but I wish you would go back to how simple that move was, you know. And it was protected, like I said, because when, when Undertaker kicked out or sat up. It was up, a big was deal. Huge deal. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Huge deal. So something to be said for the simplicity of the matches back then. Yeah. So. I, I think you put it perfectly talking about uh, the closing of a chapter and the starting of a new one. Uh, that's what it feels like here. And, you know, unfortunately, this next chapter might get a little hard to read uh, for the next couple couple episodes, next couple weeks. We're, we're, we're going up uh, Heartbreak Hill as a yeah. like Broken Skull Challenge because the next few episodes we get two back-to-back Kamala matches followed Not by one, two. Oh, yeah, two. Two back-to-back Giant Gonzalez matches. And then... Oh. Uh, Couple Yokozuna matches, which I think are a little bit better. The yeah. the in ring quality is not going to get any better, but storytelling is <laughs> it'll be fun to discuss those at least. Oh yeah. Uh, and then the Undertaker Under Faker match will oh. be coming up soon, but the yeah, the next four are going to be a little rough to to watch and sit through. But I think they'll be fun to talk about, and oh, there, yeah. there's some. Uh, a lot of interesting stuff, a lot of milestones uh, in, in some of these matches. Uh, and sometimes the worst stuff is some of the fun, m- most fun <laughs> yeah. stuff to talk about. Yeah. Sometimes the wrestle crap's the fun stuff. You know? Absolutely. So, yeah. We did, we're we sorry, guys, they're listening. We have to put through <laughs> the, well, we have to watch these matches, and uh, we don't have to. We want to. You know, we want to watch these yeah. matches, and we want to talk about them, because we don't want to skip over the ones that, you know, they're all important. That's the point of this whole thing. We're going through Undertaker's pay-per-view matches, no matter what. No matter if it's Kamala twice in a row, John Gonzalez, or no matter if he's... Uh, Fighting, uh, I don't know. So, so, who are some of the later matches that were kind of terrible? Oh, uh, Mark, Mark Henry in a casket at WrestleMania. Muhammad Hassan. Uh, Muhammad Hassan. The Dudley Boys burying his dad. <laughs> I can't wait. In cement. Yeah. So, yeah. It doesn't matter. You know, if it's if it's five star Shawn Michaels or if it's Wrestle Crap. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna review it we're because it all tells the story of the Undertaker. That's right. And and he, yeah, it's gonna be interesting. So. Well, we appreciate you listening. If you want to follow along, uh, watch SummerSlam 92. It's what we're getting up to next, Undertaker versus Kamala. It won't take you long to watch it. Nope, uh, but about we'll, three minutes long. <laughs> we'll cover it in depth, uh, in way too much depth, and more depth than anyone's <laughs> ever covered it before, probably. Uh, and that will be on the next episode. You can follow along. Subscribe to us on iTunes so you'll know when that comes out. And, uh, of course, follow us on Twitter at TalkingTaker. Follow me at Alex Dorio. Uh, cannot follow the Twitterless Travis White, but uh, send me a message and I'll pass it along to him. We'd love your feedback. Uh, we'd love to know what you thought of this match of the Undertaker streak. Um, what what you thought of the Undertaker turning babyface. Uh, what your thoughts are on Jake the Snake Roberts. Any of that stuff, man. If you also met Jake the Snake Roberts at Hooters. <laughs> In 1993, uh, we will be your support group or for that. in 2014 when he was recovering. Yeah. You, you're more likely to meet him there. Anytime. <laughs> yeah.
Also, I want to encourage you to check out the Max Wrestling Podcast, especially episode number 131. I was a guest on there. The guys invited me over to discuss uh, this past week's Raw and SmackDown. So uh, I want to encourage you to check that out. It's at Max Wrestling UK on Twitter, and you can just search Max Wrestling Podcast on your favorite podcast listening service. I want to appreciate those guys for inviting me on. had a blast talking about the past week in wrestling, so appreciate that. We'll put a link up to it on our Twitter page as well. So when you get done listening to this, check them out and subscribe to their podcast too. We'd love to hear that. We appreciate you listening. We, it really means a lot to to see people sharing it on Twitter and uh, letting us know that you're listening to it. And, and we love to converse with people on there. Um, I'll, I'll follow you back. I'll, I'll talk to you. I love talking about this. We're just a couple of wrestling fans. We love to talk about wrestling way too much. So uh, we talked about it all the time on the phone. So we just started, decided to start recording some of our conversations and, and making it worthwhile. So... Maybe our wives won't nag us too much because we say we're, we're, we're working on an artistic project, you know, all that stuff. Anybody wants to sponsor us, we'll be happy to oh, do yeah. that. Open to that, too. We'll plug all of it. 100%. Thanks, thanks everybody, for joining us. We really appreciate it. Again, keep it up. Share us share us with your friends. You know, Let us let us know what we can do to, to, to improve it. Some of you guys have sent in matches you want us to review, and unfortunately some of them aren't pay-per-view matches, so we won't be hitting them. But we, we will talk about some of those milestone matches that you know kind of feed into his pay-per-views and stuff like that so we won't gloss over everything but we will get to some of those uh real cool ones that either take place on monday night raw or whatnot yeah and, um, i think we we'll should uh we need to watch the first monday night raw is in the main event of it that is. so we yep. should talk about that when we get to the sure will. corresponding closest pay-per-view that'll be that... rest, or Royal rumble 93 probably uh yeah yeah or, he was there he was there so but he's that doesn't do anything. Well, oh yeah, okay. So probably we'll WrestleMania '93. Yeah. Uh, after probably after Survivor Series '92, uh, we'll probably talk about it because yeah. that'll be the last match he has before that. So anyway, all right. Well, thanks bro. everyone. Appreciate it. Straight shoot, brother. Rest in peace.